Hey everybody, this is Josh Runquist here, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Heavy Debriefings Podcast. Again, I'm Josh Runquist, along with the one who listens to everything from LFO to Bango Tango. We got <laughs> the Metal Fairy. Hello, everybody. Now, we have both been through a week of hell it's over the been past a week. It's been, it's been a really rough week for us personally, mm-hmm. in, in different ways. Yeah. But how are you feeling right now? On this uh, nice looking Sunday, as I look outside, it as we're recording nice. out out here. Yeah, I. You know what? I I am I am here. I have a little bit of energy right now, so let's do some talking. All right. <laughs> well, we got a lot of talking to do. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving holidays, yes. heavy music, yes. wrestling, and so much more. And drama. I wish I had that. Uh, well, that uh, aluminum. Oh yeah, uh, that's thing what it was. That, yeah. uh, uh, Roger from American Dad had drama. Yes, <laughs> that was the best. And then flickering the lights on and off. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Let's start off with some of that drama that we call the news. Yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll start with the, the the most depressing point and then we'll move up from there because that's how we like to roll on this show. It's true. So we did have one celebrity uh, death this week and that was Charlie uh, Dominici from... Dominici. Ex- Dominici from Extreme Theater um, and then some solo stuff Fr- as well. From Extreme Theater? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Japan Extreme Theater or King's Extreme Theater? It's like Ex-Japan, yes. Okay. No, uh, the original singer of Dream Theater has passed away. And, you know, we we had a little kerfluffle once or twice online mm-hmm. uh, back when I had him as a friend on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. Of course, it all came down to political issues and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't go into details about it, but it, it did leave a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Aww. But, uh, yeah, the very first Dream Theater album when Dream and Day Unite back in 1989, mm-hmm. which I can't believe it's already been that long. But, you know, I, I can't take away the fact that uh, he was an important part of the band and while I will always appreciate every other album more there is still moments of When Dreaming Day Unite that I still enjoy an album that you've never checked out probably yeah and you know it's just really sad to see him go because of how integral he was a part of the band definitely so moving on um, Snoop Dogg has vowed to stop smoking weed. I'm surprised you didn't put this as the, uh, the saddest part of the news. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll, that's to be determined still. <laughs> I, th- I think it was either The Onion or The Hard Times that said that uh, Snoop Dogg was high when he said he was quitting weed. <laughs> <laughs> But no, just like he based more people know him for smoking weed yeah. than his music. Yeah. Than his TV shows with Martha Stewart. I mean, that is that, the, the highlight of his life. Yes. I mean, like he he literally just laid back with his mind on his money on his money on his mind. That is true. That and is true. Now. While rolling down the street. Yes. And now he's not rolling anything anymore. No. And just think like several years ago when it hit on the internet that he hired a professional joint roller. What are they going <laughs> to? What are they going to do They now? are out of job in this economy. <laughs> As someone who doesn't partake, yeah. talking to someone who also doesn't partake, right. what do you think of this? Maybe Martha rolled, uh, rubbed off on him a little bit, you know? Gave him some advice. How do you know Martha didn't start partaking because of Snoop? I mean, if she did, she'd like grow it herself in her fancy garden. So it'd be like a special kind or something. But I, I just, I don't see that for her. I don't see that for her. Now, do you think that his stock is going to plummet because of this news? No, because like, I not too long ago, I heard 
heard about how like he has like CDs out there for kids, like kids like nursery rhymes or something, but him doing it. But I think he's building more of a popularity with a, a group that like wouldn't want him on like smoking anyway. So I think it's going to make him go up. Right, so he's taking the ice cube approach where, yes, uh, yes. you know, start making the kids movies and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, you well, know, we we'll see what happens though. Up next, Dolly Parton's rock album has come out. We heard a few songs of it on the radio by chance. And and what did you think? Oof. Now, I I, I have a, a soft spot for Dolly Parton, like especially acting wise from the 80s, some of her Christmas movies, Smoky Mountain Christmas, if we want to get particular, but we'll get into that one in probably like a month or so. Right um, around. Right around. But... <sighs> oh girl rock isn't your thing rock isn't your thing and i mean it's not even like rock you know it's not like she's you know getting some flesh god apocalypse going or something like that you know it's just very light-hearted but rob helford is on there that is true that is true i mean anything for the money (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) yeah from what i've heard of it if you love and i mean love donnie and marie this is the album for you (laughs) If you think the Pat Boone version of the heavy metal classics was something that that you thoroughly enjoyed, like the theme to the Osbournes with Pat Boone doing Crazy Train, if that's your bag, this is the album for you. Yeah, this could be your album of the year. It... For everyone else, it's a noble attempt. Yes. But I don't think Dolly Parton wants this to be her last album either. So I think no. she's going right back into country next year. Yeah. And try, probably trying to make the country album as fast as she possibly can. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, she was so she was nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which she was against at first. But then she is like, I, I don't know if she felt like pressured into accepting it anyways. And then she felt pressured to, like, you know, actually put rock music out there. Even though, again, these awards mean nothing. Like, they don't really know what they're genres even are so it doesn't matter but i feel like that's what kind of led her into this well and then she just had to go along with it oh yeah that's it's a publicity stunt that's all it is yeah yeah but you know she is a very good person oh yeah i yeah. mean dollywood and then um, mm-hmm. all the stuff that she does for uh kids literature and stuff make mm-hmm. sure that they have books and everything you can't deny that oh definitely just you know um, i don't expect any anul nathrak covers in the future <laughs> no i don't either <laughs> Uh, up next, some scandalous news. So Sean Combs, aka P. Diddy, aka, AKA Puff Diddy. Daddy, Diddy, whatever you want to go with these days. Um, he had some accusations brought against him by Cassie. Um, they have now been settled, of course, out of court because money talks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I I guess I'm not shocked. Yeah, but I'm kind of surprised it took this long for it to come out. Yeah, yeah. Because I figured like when everything was going like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like why didn't it happen? yeah yeah especially when it was something that's happened like almost two decades ago Mm -hmm. that said you know an innocent person doesn't settle out of court yeah no so (laughs) and it's not like he doesn't have the money to go to court exactly so exactly never never being a a sean combs fan no matter what his persona was Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna stop listening to his music because i don't listen to it right i mean i can't stop doing what i'm already doing exactly but uh yeah just it's a very sticky situation yeah, and also, um, if you're familiar with the Making the Band days and... The, I'm locking up the studio. <laughs> the band Dana T. Kane, Aubrey O'Day, formerly of Dana Kane, has come out with, on like, I think it was on Instagram, making a post about it, how like he was such a shady person, and but like being totally against the settlement because, you know, money shouldn't be the thing that rules everything and blah, blah, blah. And then people like Mariah Carey uh, have taken all of their pictures off social media that has Diddy in 
them in yes. some way, shape, or form. So Which speaks volumes. It speaks when Mariah Carey <laughs> yeah. does it, it. It speaks volumes. It's totally, totally. Um, then just a couple more, well, a couple lighthearted things and a little bit more of a discussion point, but Last of Us 2 is getting remaked. Yes, it is. Only after coming out in 2020, uh, the game is being remastered for the PS5. Yes. There's going to be some uh, new features included in there, like uh, a survival mode where if you uh, get killed once, you start all the way in the beginning. Oh, dear, no. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm assuming they changed some things up in there, but, you know, that's for the diehards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, more accessibility options, which is always a great thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's coming out in the next couple of weeks or so, the uh, the PlayStation Accessibility Controller. Oh, nice. And it's only 90 bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, like uh, you easily could have gone for like 150 200 but yeah. they're only doing it for 90 which is really good. nice. Good, good, good. But um, the, the biggest point a lot of people have with this is, yeah, it's only been like three years. Yeah. Why? why? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to be charging this amount. But it turns out... If you already have a copy, it's a $10 upgrade. Thank goodness. So shut your mouth. Like, (laughs) it's $10 upgrade. And yeah. it regularly goes for sale for like 20 bucks. So you're paying 30 mm-hmm. if you don't already have it. Yeah. So what's the problem? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people, including us, were kind of scorned from the remake of the first one because you haven't been able to just do an upgrade from that. Like you have to pay the full price for that. And they should. They really should. They should what? They, they should be doing what they are oh, doing yeah. with part two. Yep, absolutely. So I think that's what a lot of people had in mind going into this one. So maybe they hadn't heard yet right. that they could do the upgrade, which is very much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all the more reason to wait for the official announcement, not the leaks. Oh, sure, sure. But I understand fears coming out because it's, it's just something that comes up. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think they're using the show and its popularity to the, the fullest point, like getting any money they can. Oh, yeah, they're milking it dry I mean, completely. That's why it's like coming out just a few years after its initial release. And, and they're going to be doing the same thing for uh, the Horizon games as well, because yeah. that's going to be a, a show. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Prime or something like that. God of War. Mm-hmm. as well that's that's gonna be on pro- fallout yeah fallout is coming out on our anniversary yeah. april 12th yeah. 2024 mm-hmm. there's a fallout series starting <laughs> I, I would say I definitely recommend if you don't have uh, Last of Us 2 already, get it now while it's cheap because I anticipate it going up in price once the new version comes out. <laughs> yeah, especially go for like the physical version because I'm sure GameStop or Goodwill or something like that would have them very, very cheap. Yes. And then it's only a $10 upgrade. Exactly. And also with that, uh, even though this is in the uh, TV section, yeah. uh, The Last of Us uh, Season 2 is about to start rolling again. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just so, so curious what direction they're going to be going in. Yeah. Is it going to be going with what the game did or is it not going to be going with what the game did? Yes. Well, you know, off that note, um, our favorite person, one of our favorite people from Last of Us, uh, his other show, Mandalorian, he's not going to be returning to that. I've heard a little bit more that they might show him in like flashbacks or he okay. might be like a, a guest appearance or two. Yeah. But uh, it is no longer about the Mandalorian and yeah. Grogu. It is going to be about both. Which is such a waste. Like, Roku is, like, the selling point of this show. It is. <laughs> like, uh, nobody doesn't want to see... Nobody wants to see the show without that cute little thing walking around. I will never forget when we first watched it. Like, yes. you were kind of into it. Yeah. But it wasn't until you saw him for the first time. He's so cute. And you just instantly fell in love. Yes. I mean... Gro- in his little egg bed yes. vehicle thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Roku or bust. Yes. 
Um, Harley Quinn has been renewed for season five with Max. Yes, uh, this is the latest news. Actually, before I hit record, uh, th- this was yes, the latest yes. news that I saw. <laughs> um, for some weird reason, when I'm on my computer, Facebook is weird. Where like I'm scrolling and I'm reading things, and then all of a sudden it just decides to refresh on its own. Yeah. And I just saw glimpses. I saw Harley Quinn, and I saw by Max. <laughs> so that scared me, thinking that it got canceled. Yeah. So I had to look it up myself. Mm-hmm. But no, it is coming back for season five yeah and of course the kite man show is gonna be coming at some point i imagine it's gonna be 2024 early 2024 possibly yeah yeah and because kite man is coming out i was hopeful harley can at least have another season or two so what are your hopes for kite man i just hope he doesn't lose his charm that he had in the earlier seasons of harley Quinn. like he was just hilarious oh yeah he was (laughs) hell yeah he was great (laughs) kite man hell yeah coming soon to max yes i'm just and i'm curious to see you know he he owns a bar in the new series like who all comes in to visit who's the regulars what are their styles and stuff like that you know i think it's gonna be me yeah i'm sure bane (laughs) will be there Finally, we have a lot of people, or celebrities, I should say, lately, but people in general, who have been quitting X. Uh, most notably, uh, Noodles from Offspring has announced this. Gene Simmons and also Mick Foley from Wrestling Fame. Yeah, there is a <laughs> lot of people that are quitting X. Yes. And for a lot of good reasons. One, I don't know what happened to Elon Musk, but I feel like he went from, like, superhero to supervillain to, to <laughs> ultra supervillainy. <laughs> He's going to be charging people to use X, to even access it. No. Why? Girl, no. You're not vetting anybody. You're just making... No one wants to pay for social media after decades no. now yeah. of getting it for free. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if I put my tinfoil hat on, yeah. he bought X just to bring it down and destroy the company. <laughs> and I don't think yeah. he cared how many billions of dollars he would lose in the process. Yeah. He just did this out of spite. Yeah. I think he just, he's so wealthy and so like privileged that he gets these wacky ideas and just like goes off the rails with anything. Like everything he touches is insane at this point <laughs> yeah and of course his uh dad runs a blood diamond industry so you know that's where the wealth yeah. came from yes and, and he had some incredible ideas yeah in television like uh or that, that's not the name that's a video game or uh starcom or something like that where people would get free cell phone reception anywhere in the world oh yeah he's working on that that's a great idea yeah tesla all electric vehicle a great idea yeah turning twitter into x so all of your your edgelord incel <laughs> fan base can just praise you all the time and yeah. you ha- and everyone who doesn't like you will leave yes. bad idea yes <laughs> and all of the other outrageous things that you've done in the process so again i can't blame people for quitting i've quit for you like yeah. almost two years now yeah yeah it's just not worth it and when i talk about social media i don't i don't bring up x because mm. i don't go on there yeah i'm sure the profiles are still up there yeah. but i don't go on them yeah i don't really go on mine ever either and i used to all the time just to see all the wrestler twitter tweets and all that stuff yeah no not so much not so much (laughs) breaking news Uh oh yes after nine years of being with the band formerly of angra kiko has officially left megadeth oh yes wow i will uh be reading this now okay as the 
this just popped up just now okay. on Facebook. Okay. Dear Megadeth fans, I want to share with you a decision that has not been easy for me. In September, I had to step away from the U.S. leg of the tour for family reasons. Looking ahead during 2024, we anticipate an even heavier touring schedule for Megadeth. After thorough reflection and discussions with Dave Mustaine and Megadeth's management, we have collectively agreed that it is the right move to extend my absence. I don't want to hinder any of the band's plans or hard work of all the incredible people involved in this tour. My nine years with Megadeth have been an incredible journey, filled with countless pinch-me moments, unforgettable tours, a Grammy Award for Dystopia, a Grammy nomination for various accolades of the sick, the dying, and the dead. Weird are just a few highlights. It is hard to put into words the magnitude of these experiences. I am sure any heavy metal fan can appreciate how incredible it is to play and create music in a band you grew up listening to, and to share the stage with a guitar legend like Dave Mustaine, along with phenomenal musicians like James Lomenzo and Dick Van Dirk Van Buren, not to mention the incredible crew. However, the most cherished aspect of these nine years have been getting to know the incredible army of devoted Megadeth fans around the world. Your dedication is, is inspiring, and I have immense admiration and respect for all of you. Much love. See you soon. Kiko Luriero. Interesting. So I wonder if Timu's going to be the new old timer then. Well, anything that gets him away from Winter Sun. Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm really shocked by this. The only time yeah. I've gotten to see Megadeth was Kiko on guitar. Yeah. And he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Although I wish I could have seen him with Angra. Although, maybe he can be with Angra now. Maybe, yeah. Would Angra accept him back? That is the question. Yeah, we didn't prepare for this whatsoever. No. It just like, this <laughs> randomly came up. We actually started the next section, then zoomed back to this one, because you found the news. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of very, very shocking. And, yeah. of course, this could affect uh, a band that you love very much in Angra. Yes. A yes. band that's very him-ha to you, like Megadeth, and a band that you loved, but uh, really don't care for anymore in Winter Sun. Well, so. let's be clear, I, I don't I don't like one member of Winter Sun and his antics. But it is his band. <laughs> yes, yes. So, mm. just, there's so many things that could be going on, and there might be more stuff that comes out after we record this but yeah. we wanted to break the news here that kiko is out of mega yeah yeah i'm curious to see what happens but yeah let's get timu over to the states closer to me <laughs> i have no chance anymore and now we've come to my favorite part of the show the musical roulette of sh choosing three different songs for the metal fairy to hear yes. will she be eviscerating some songs will she be enjoying them or will she think that they're okay we're about to find out. <laughs> so the first song is very premeditated as before we started recording this week's show, I just got done doing an interview with Zorn from Zornheim uh, to promote uh, their brand new EP, The Forgotten Inmates, which came out last week through Noble Demon. Yes. Now with this EP, it is variations on songs off their previous album done in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some are folk songs, some are acapella, some are done in French, some are acoustic mm -hmm. and i went with the very first track arguably their best known song now yeah uh keep the devil away yeah. acoustic version yes what did you think i love it i mean i love zornheim I, I know their last album was like in the top three of my albums for the year yes it was um they're amazing they're amazing and this album is really good like or ep rather yeah like just hearing the different versions of their songs it's so cool hearing like an acoustic version of this song <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah they're great love them yeah it's a short but sweet ep it's 15 and a half minutes yeah uh, keep the devil away is done twice one in english
English, one in French, but... And I love a good song in French. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just everything that goes into it. I think it's a really cool EP, and a real... Um, kind of we talk about this in the interview, and I'm going to be bringing this up at the end of the episode as well to promote stuff. This is a good gateway to get people into the band, because yeah. uh, he was talking about how many people have talked to him and said that uh, they introduced this EP to people who don't even like metal, yeah. but they like these songs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so mm. I, that's a rewarding experience. If that if that can work and be a gateway into metal, I'm all for it. Definitely. So next up, we went into a very different direction than <laughs> Zornheim. Yes. With the band Faith No More and off the album King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime, yeah. we have the song Digging the Grave. Yes. One of the heavier Faith No More songs mm-hmm. and sounds nothing like epic yes. to those not in the know. Yes. What did you think? Um, so I will preface this by saying before you, I was a big song, big fan of epic. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Um, but I have gotten to know a bit of Faith No More music uh, because of you. And I, I enjoy what I hear. I enjoy what I hear. I, I don't know that I'd go off with many of his side projects. He's, he's a little out there for me sometimes. But I, I do enjoy more Faith No More now than I used to. So points for me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's also the thing. Like, um, even Faith No More has some kind of wacky things. Yeah. But those are like contemporary top 40 compared yes. to like Phantom Moss and Mr. Bungle. And yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like the song. Yeah. It's pretty good. All right. Yeah, it's a very catchy tune, and it, it, yeah. it should have been a top 40 single. I don't know why it wasn't. Totally. And finally, just to round out this trio and make <laughs> all three of these songs very different from each other. Yeah. I went with Stephen Wilson off his brand new album, The Harmony Codex, and the song Inclination. You sure did. I sure did. And you sure heard it. So what did you think? I found nothing enjoyable about this song at all. We were about six minutes in. I'm like, is it going to like pick up or anything at any point? No, no, it's not. It, it's like being trapped in like the back room of a club with some terrible singer that all the girls are after. He's not a terrible singer. What are you saying? It's a terrible song is what I'm saying. The terrible song. Well, I do have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> this is the album I think he lost me. Yeah. After all this time. He lost a lot. Like a cheese off his cracker. <laughs> I mean, I'm a gigantic pork pine tree fan. At least the the rock and metal side. Not sure. the early days when they were doing like the, the psychedelic drug use stuff that they were doing. <laughs> like, I like the stuff where he met Michael Akerfeld and he started incorporating rock and metal. Yeah. And the early day Stephen Wilson albums I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. But now that he's taken this direction of uh, very indie pop electronica. Yeah, thing, very electronica. It is not my bag, baby. Yeah. And and I mean, I've heard a bit of Stephen Wilson through the years. And obviously we saw them saw him at one point. Not my cup of tea overall, but that was definitely better than this. Well, you never told me that before. What? That it wasn't your cup of tea. Oh, you knew that. No, I didn't. I mean, some songs maybe were fine, but it's not somebody I've ever gone back to. This is an episode of Revelations. <laughs> Wow. I'm, you thought wow. I was like a big fan of Stephen Wilson? No, I I just didn't think you had a problem with Porcupine Tree or Stephen Wilson or any of that stuff. I didn't say I had a problem with them. I just said they weren't my cup of tea, meaning it's Yeah, I a, know. that mean, that's, that's your nice way of saying that they suck. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Well, how or it's just not something, it's not the tea I choose typically, you know? But you never choose that type of tea. So, you know, it's like... Exactly. So... That doesn't mean I have I, a problem I, with them. I, I don't know how to take that. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like, it's whatever. And sometimes it's like, I'll n- no, get that away from me. Ew. Well, then I'm I'm pretty upright about things I think are On gross. the show, but, uh, you know, over the years, you've said a lot of uh, teas not being your thing, but well, I never sure. really got but to But I'm know. on the show right 
know. I'm saying this song is disgusting, but overall, not my cup of tea. All right. Well, again, this is a revelation to me, you okay. know, so okay. I'm taken aback a by it. You okay. Know? So I understand. And that's what you come for here <laughs> in the Heavy Debriefings podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the crumbling of a relationship <laughs> one episode at a time. <laughs> But no, uh, I I would rather you be honest to me yeah. than lie. Oh, definitely. About that, so definitely. Uh, it's good to know. Yeah. As painful as it is, <laughs> a dagger, a dagger in my heart. <laughs> but uh, thank you for your honesty, and that's why this is my favorite part of the show. Yes. Where we talk about three random songs. Alrighty, up next we have some holiday content. We're gonna be talking about some of our favorite Thanksgiving TV episodes, and then we're gonna be talking about some of our Thanksgiving food too, because why not? <laughs> so are there any favorites that you have in mind off the bat? Well, I do have to say this off the bat. This is the one that I've prepared for the least. Yes. One, the past week we've had. Yeah. That we won't go into. Yeah. Two, Thanksgiving on record has been one of the hardest yeah. times for me to go through. So yeah. it's really hard for me to have a lot of good memories when it comes to Thanksgiving. I understand. Although uh, thanks to something that we'll be talking about later in the show, I have a little bit more of an appreciation for Thanksgiving. Yes. yes. But uh, we'll get there when we get there okay but i'll go ahead and say uh my probably my favorite thanksgiving episode is the simpsons thanksgiving episode the first one nice where bart ruins lisa's centerpiece that she spent like weeks on making <laughs> uh throwing it in the fireplace and then he runs away from home yes it's a very sentimental one it's a very early day season two episode but mm-hmm. i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy it awesome i would say a couple of the bob's burgers ones are some of my favorites they have a, quite a few good thanksgiving ones but two of my favorites uh, first is turkey in a can. Yes. So this is where Bob, uh, his turkey ends up in the toilet. And <laughs> they're trying to figure out what happened, who did it. And they, they end up finding out that Bob actually did it because he's been sleepwalking, uh, dreaming about how he doesn't want Tina to grow up. And he thinks the turkey is Tina and he's potty training. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little tiny Tina. Yes, a tiny <laughs> Tina. <laughs> so it's super cute, but Bob takes Thanksgiving so seriously. So it's it's his favorite meal of the year yes yes which is funny because he's a burger restaurant but he cares more about thanksgiving which is turkey yeah (laughs) and then i also love in a decent thanksgiving proposal oh yes it's so good so uh mr fish odor uh gets bob to cook thanksgiving dinner for him because he's trying to impress this woman and bob's family needs to uh impersonate like being fish odor's family essentially linda's his wife and the kids are his kids uh so bob doesn't get to have his traditional thanksgiving at home um he doesn't even get to eat no while bob is cooking he drinks a little bit too much and he calls his yes he calls his turkey lance there's a lot of good conversations going on that's right bob (laughs) and it's just it's a crazy episode but it's so so good and what i love about it is like fish odors like uh, paying off the kids and prize tickets and whoever has the most gets to pick a prize from the prize room and yes uh louise does one of my favorite lines of uh, the only prize i need is your love father yes (laughs) it's so good she's amazing um outside of that so more on my end but gilmore girls (laughs) i love gilmore girls if you don't know and um a deep ride korean thanksgiving is one of my favorites this is one where they end up having to attend four different thanksgivings in the course of a day and it's just crazy (laughs) but it's fun it's gilmore girls fun damn you (laughs) lorelei i also love roseanne thanksgiving episodes they have a lot of good ones too um but my favorite is probably we gather together from season 
season two. It's the first actual Thanksgiving episode they did, mm-hmm. but it's the season two. Um, there's just a lot of like drama about they're trying to get their parent, her parents, to stay at a hotel, but they're insistent upon staying there. And uh, Jackie is announcing to the family that she's a cop, and there's a lot of drama with that, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> you, you know, it's so funny when you think of like the early day Roseanne episodes. Then you yeah. think of the last season of Roseanne and how much it went completely off the rails. Yes, <laughs> it's true. And then I also loved uh, Thanksgiving 1991. This is the first one where Roseanne's dad, Al, was not at Thanksgiving because he was off with his mistress in, a, in the city. <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> I relate so much to Dan when it comes to his relationship with his dad. Yeah. Like, think about it. It's yeah. very relatable with totally. the situation that I've been in. Yeah. Mm. Um, And the only well, other thing I have is, it's technically not an episode special, but a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Yes. It's so good. I, I love that one. And yes. And I, I had the book growing up too, so I'd always look at the book too. It's just, it's so funny when they have like the, the table set with like their popcorn and pretzels and jelly mm-hmm. beans instead of any mm-hmm. real food. <laughs> You uh, made some glaring omissions. I did. Yes. Oh, King of the Hill. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All of their Thanksgiving episodes are fantastic. How could I forget? Yes. Like the one when they're stuck at the airport, when they're going to be visiting uh, Peggy's parents. And (laughs) And the Thanksgiving turkey gets like taken by the bomb Bomb squad. squad (laughs) And then Hank thinks that he can bring propane on the airplane. Yes. (laughs) Or uh, the episode where uh, Bobby learns about uh, what happened to the Native of Americans and yes. it's the white man that killed them off so yes. uh, he has an anti-Thanksgiving and, yes. <laughs> and oh. the whole John Redcorn mm-hmm. subplot when it comes to that yes all, all of the and of course uh, the legendary one or no wait that's Christmas gotta save that for later oh yes when uh, Hank finds his mom and uh, her new friend mm. on the kitchen yep yep <laughs> we'll talk about that next month <laughs> next month for sure so let's get into the food yes um, you seem to have more of a diverse appetite than I do. Oh, like, absolutely. Not just Thanksgiving, but in um, all life. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I grew up with some of the worst Thanksgiving meals. <laughs> Yes. Uh, turkey that was only in the crock pot for a few hours. Oh, no. Uh, hard mashed potatoes or au gratin potatoes. Like, I told you before, I th- <laughs> I did not want au gratin potatoes, and I've always hated them because of how crunchy they are. I remember serving you, it was either au gratin or a scalloped potatoes the first time, and you're like, why aren't they crunchy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's what I grew up with. Yes. But I'm also the kind of kid that ate uh, SpaghettiOs out of the can because yeah. <laughs> that was all I could do, and that yeah. wasn't a lot to use the stove or the microwave or anything yeah yeah but uh rather than going down that sad past <laughs> there i mean there was always some things that i enjoyed yeah but what do you enjoy about thanksgiving food yes my favorite favorite thing is stuffing my mom makes the best stuffing ever and i i don't whole bread <laughs> Yes, yes. But it's just so good in the sage and the sausage in it and everything. And it's just so good. It's so good. Um, I also love sweet potatoes with a bunch of marshmallows and, and, and brown sugar on them. Sounds so weird to me. I know. You don't like sweet any of this potatoes, stuff. Sweet potatoes, marshmallow, and what was the other? Cinnamon? Or, uh, or, sometimes cinnamon, uh, brown, sugar, uh, brown sugar, sometimes yeah. even maple. Like. That is so weird to me. <laughs> See, Josh here, he's a strictly turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, mac and cheese guy. <laughs> well, you just took away all my talking points, but... <laughs> So, well, yeah. go on. Go on about them. You go on about them. And uh, chocolate pie. There we go. Yes. yes. <laughs> go on. Come on. <sighs> It took me a long time for me to get into turkey because yes. again, my mom would buy some kind of turkey and our oven never worked the entire lifespan that I lived at home. 
the door was broken, never got fixed. Oh. It, it was a gas oven. Yeah. So if we used it, we would die. Yes. <laughs> I'd never had real good turkey. It was always a crock pot for like three or four hours because she thought yeah. that's all it would take. Oh. So I would always get sick after it. It was always too cold and dry. Mm-hmm. My mom is a terrible cook. Yes. And that goes for everything that she's ever cooked. Yeah. <laughs> so the only things that I enjoyed were the stuff that was store made. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the mashed potatoes weren't bad. Like when she decided to use milk instead of water to make mashed potatoes. That, that's when it tasted a little bit better. Yeah. Same with the macaroni and cheese. When she used milk instead of hot water, yes. that, that would taste a little bit better. <laughs> but of course, my favorite was always the pie. Yes. Because she couldn't destroy that. <laughs> it was store made. So, you know, like a, all the different kinds of chocolate pie from French silk to just plain old chocolate pie, mm-hmm. um, Oreo kind. Yes. Uh, I'll take any of that stuff. So- I, I am a, a very meat and potatoes and, of course, uh, calories and carbohydrates kind of guy. That <laughs> so- would explain the diabetes. <laughs> so how about since we've been together, what's what's the best thing I make? The turkey. The turkey? Because turkey actually tastes like turkey when you make now, it. Now, do you like it better when I make it in the crock pot or when I make it in the oven? I like both. Yeah? Okay. Because you actually make sure it's thoroughly cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> there will be no raw turkey in this house. But I want to know what the other ones taste like. I yeah. want to know what deep fried turkey tastes like. Yes. I want to know what smoked turkey tastes yes. like. I've yeah. never had those. Yeah. I have no mm. idea what they taste like. Yeah. We got to try That'd be cool sometime. one day. And if we ever get a house, we might be able to try that one day. Maybe. Maybe. But no, like the macaroni and cheese always tastes good. The mashed potatoes and gravy always tastes good. Mm-hmm. I've learned I need gravy on my turkey. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, from all my hospital stays, especially uh, 10 years ago during Thanksgiving time, all I had was turkey. Yes. Every meal. Yes. And it was so dry. Oh. Every single time. Mm -hmm. But it was all I ate. It was all I could keep down. Yes. But that's a story for another time. But just, I'm going to get all mushy. Yeah. But um, just the fact that you make Thanksgiving meals and you care about it enough, make sure that I'm fed Mm -hmm. and everything. I truly appreciate that. Aw. I will also say that I love a good can of cranberry sauce. And and not the actual cranberries. I want the gel that you have to like slice. That's what I enjoy. Give me a slice. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as dessert, I love apple pie with like the super crumbly top if i'm gonna have pumpkin pie i like a small slice with like a ton of flip with it but yeah that's that's me oh and i love a good biscuit or uh crescent roll yeah those are good too Mm -hmm. Uh, that's one thing i've I've grown to like like i used to be very particular about bread yeah well you still are i i no even more so like i would never Mm -hmm. touch a dinner roll i would never touch a croissant (laughs) yeah (laughs) because again terrible cooking yes (laughs) but then once i tasted them i was like oh wow this is actually good (laughs) yeah (laughs) so other things when it comes to thanksgiving Mm -hmm. are we doing the other stuff for thanksgiving this year what do you mean are we watching the macy's parade oh i think we should yeah are we gonna watch the dog show i think we should i mean what else are we gonna do yeah that's true (laughs) um if you haven't gathered by now we are loners (laughs) we are Uh, (laughs) if we have anyone that considers us friends they're not within driving distance yeah (laughs) and uh, we would never go see them yeah but uh you you of course are able to still see your family but uh your family cares much more about christmas than it does thanksgiving yeah yeah so you're still able to see them and everything and mm-hmm. i of course am just uh, in my lonely mortal shell here in the apartments <laughs> when all that stuff goes on so again i just want to say it again i over the 10 years that we've been together yeah. you know just like making sure that uh, 
you know, despite the hell that I've gone through with different holidays and stuff like that, you always mm -hmm. do the best that you can to make sure that I have a better experience than I have before. Aww. All except for the first one, because uh, I spent Thanksgiving in the hospital in the yes. emergency room. Yeah. And uh, uh, filling up a half a garbage bag full of uh, stuff from my throat, Ugh. if you can gather what that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that was a really, really rough time. And the fact yeah. that you stuck with me with that, and you still put up with all my shenanigans <laughs> a decade later. I just, I love you and thank you for trying to make some of the darkest holidays for me that much brighter. Alright, so next up, we decided that we are gluttons for punishment. We are. We are. Even though we keep talking about how we're not going to be watching AEW anymore, yep. we decided to spend another 50 bucks because they're going to be doing a pay-per-view every single month now, oh. and that deal with HBO Max hasn't gone through yet, mm -hmm. although I'm hoping it will, so we don't have to pay 50 bucks a month for every pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. But regardless, we decided to watch Full Gear 2023 yesterday because what else were we going to do? Well, we just needed something that MSD last night. I yeah. Again, really rough times we've been going through, and yeah. we needed something to kind of unleash our anger at a or uh, try to have some fun <laughs> with or just, well, really just get through the night. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into it, yeah. what was your overall thoughts on Full Gear? Um... It was it was okay. I mean, there there were some good enjoyable parts. Um, there were some that mm, not so much. Uh, I mean, I'd say probably a little bit better than I expected, just because I go in with such low expectations now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Fair enough. So we started off with zero hour. We did, which is actually really zero hour and a half because it was it an hour and a half instead of an hour this time. It is. Up first, we had Eddie Kingston, um, who is the Ring of Honor World Champion, and um, and then. Uh, um, uh, New Japan uh, every what is that? I can't remember the name of it oh you're thinking of the open weight that's not what that is yeah it's a strong open weight isn't it yes it is I yeah. made a mistake folks <laughs> I made a mistake so yeah so yeah he defeated Jay Lethal yes uh, one of the uh, cornerstones of Ring of Honor Jay Lethal yes and uh, it was fine it was a match it was a match <laughs> it was a pre-show <laughs> our um, talking points that we do where uh, I play Eddie Kingston and you play his mom yes is uh, was far more entertaining than the actual far match. more entertaining <laughs> um second match of the pre-show we had claudio uh cassianoli mm -hmm. uh defeating buddy matthews by submission yes uh, all the build-up of a 30 second promo from friday night led yes. to this match yes so you can see how much care that they really give into the pay-per-views these yeah. times yeah it was a really good match but yeah. no real reason to care yeah yeah it was just kind of out of nowhere i mean claudio was always He's a great wrestler, though so it was a good match, but yeah. And then finally, we had MJF uh, tag teaming with Samoa Joe because uh, Adam Cole is out still and uh, defeating the Guns. Yes, uh, my uh, least favorite tag team in all of wrestling, yes. the Guns. Yes. And uh, I don't say that lightly no. either because there's <laughs> no. a lot of terrible tag teams. But uh, yeah, MJF uh, partnered up with Samoa Joe because uh, he needed to have a partner this time, even though he defeated Ozzy Open mm -hmm. last month in a handicap match. Yes. But but they decided that he needed a partner this time and no one would tag with him but Samoa Joe would if MJF would give him a title shot. Yes, yes. And uh, that looks to be the case. Well, but yes. after the match yes. there were some shenanigans that happened. There was. There was. Yes, uh, they decided to, uh, the guns decided to take a chair and bash the crap out of MJF's left knee mm -hmm. which sent him to the hospital. Or sorry, the local, local medical, medical facility. facility. 
And uh, Adam Cole, of all people, showed up during the match. Yes. And then he walked back there on his uh, crutches, and mm-hmm. MJF was like, don't let them take my title, don't let them take my title. Exactly, exactly. Then some stuff would come up later. Yes. But that was it for Zero Hour. Yes. And then uh, the real pay-per-view began. Yes. So first up, the real pay-per-view, we had Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge, with Ric Flair. Doesn't Ric uh, Flair add so much? He adds so much. Um... <laughs> They defeated the Patriarchy, which is Christian Cage, or Christabel, as I like to say. Or Christian Cage. Christian, uh, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Yes. Um, I knew Sting was going to win this because I can't imagine that he's going to lose any matches until his final match. Yeah, yeah. Because why would they build him up to lose? That's true. That's true. But, um, well, I should say that um, we did our predictions throughout the night, and you won yes. by one. I did. I did. Um, It started off with you, like, winning everything. Oh, though. I had a winning streak in the first. <laughs> first half and then all of a sudden it just went the opposite direction (laughs) but uh a lot of aerial moves, a lot of different stuff that was going on, but again, like, I don't understand why they fuse these feuds together mm-hmm. into what they're doing. It, it, it just felt flat to me. And then when you had Ric Flair, who's just standing there for no reason, <laughs> and then just, like, topples over like Mole Man when he gets hit in the groin <laughs> by a football. Oh, yes. But, uh, you? Yeah, I mean, it was a fine match. I did, like, at the end, uh, Darby pointed out this would be Sting's last match in California ever. That was pretty sweet and i think sting's son was in the audience um so it was a moment and darby dropped a lot of f-bombs during he that did. promo as <laughs> he well did. uh up next we had orange cassidy uh with hook uh defeating john moxley who had wheeler Yuta by his side well you forgot that it's it was for the international championship yes yes it was and moxley already had a bandage on his forehead so he pre-cut himself yeah yeah so he could start bleeding exactly immediately. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to win this one. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's Orange Cassidy because, you know, it's like he actually defends the title all the time and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, it was just another match that AEW used to stay away from rematches. Yeah. Now they're using it as a crutch and I don't like it. Yeah. They use it way too often. The title bounces around way too much. And what about that ratings system as well, too? It doesn't exist. Oh, it exists. (laughs) They just, uh, they just don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, then up next we had timeless Tony Storm uh, with Luther defeating Hikaru Shida by pinfall for the AEW's Women's World Championship. Yes, uh, Tony Storm is now the champion. Yes. By stealing Goldust's gimmick. Yes. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. all of it. Just a little more manic. Yeah, yeah. In the manic depressive side. Yes, definitely. And uh, Luther. Mm-hmm. But um, this was gonna happen because yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, they're pushing the gimmick so so hard. Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure Shida's going back to stardom for a bit she'll be back in 2024 yeah that makes sense which i don't understand why they keep giving her the title all the time if she's not gonna be full-time here but i digress yeah yeah, it was it was it was fine. It was fine. See, it was fine. Yeah. Again, we're going back into this. Fine, not your cup of tea. Well, I Which don't use cup of it? tea for wrestling. All right. All right. Uh, up next, we had Ricky Starks and Big Bill um, defeating uh, LFI. LFI, which is Russian uh, Relistico, uh, Relistico. <laughs> FTR, and uh, the Kings of Black Throne in a ladder match. Yes, for the tag team titles. Yes, and uh, you pretty much nailed it on the head. This is when everything started going against me for yeah. the pay-per-view. <laughs> yes. I had everything else, but this was the match <laughs> where like everything 
just steer the opposite direction. And yeah. but you nailed it perfectly. I yeah, mean, I guess that Ricky Starks and Big Bill would maintain the championship because for some reason lately they love tag teams that aren't actually tag teams. And I'll get a little bit more into this in the after show that I watched or watch as well. I did not because I I went to sleep early because yes. of the Zornheim interview that I did. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was a good match. There was a lot of cool spots and everything. Yeah, like, I just didn't care who was really in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, one thing you noted, like they kept having the ladder like way off from where the titles yes. were. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You're clearly not going to get it now. <laughs> and Brody King did a lot of insane spots he as did. well. He did. And uh, he, him and Dan Housen are probably my two favorites left in AEW right now. I, that is understandable. That is understandable. <laughs> Up next, we had Julia Hart defeating Chris Statlander and Sky Blue for the t- AEW TBS Championship. Yeah. Um. Uh, the girl from Bloomington, Minnesota, yes. just one town over from us, yes. be- is now the TBS champion. Yes. Um, I knew Statlander was going to lose the title because they've done absolutely nothing with her. Yeah. They've been building up Sky Blue and Julia Hart. Mm-hmm. And I guess it actually makes sense when you look at wrestling logic. It has to go to a baby face, then a heel, then a baby face, then a heel. Yeah. It's not going to go heel, heel, face, face, anything yeah. like that. So yeah. again, you hit the nail on the head with this one, even if that wasn't your logic behind it. <laughs> but um, apparently on Collision, they've been building her up, but we don't watch Collision. Yeah. So it feels weird yeah. to me, but hey, at least they're trying to make new stars. I guess. Like, it's it's just sad that they didn't push Christiane Lander more because I feel like people were so excited to have her back and to have her actually win it because she should have won it in the past. Um, But they just it just fell flat. It just fell flat. And so I knew it was going to change from her. And I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Julia Hart or Sky Blue. So I'm like, there are better uh, people out there that you could put it on. But, you know, whatever. And now, mm. before the next match, yes. there was a big old announcement that happened. There was. Uh, Tony Khan said that there was going to be a blockbuster signing. Yes. Now, I basically went through every single wrestler in the book yes. of who this could have been. And yeah. so many fears, so many scary things that I thought were going to happen. <laughs> One thing to point out, Ronda Rousey showed up in Ring of Honor. Yes. Um, the taping uh, got filmed uh, Friday night. Yes. And uh, she might be signing with AEW in the future. I might have a little bit of talk about that in the after show too. Okay. Well, again, I'm going off of what I've dealt with. Yep. So I was really scared. There was a lot of names talked about. Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. was one. <laughs> um, but it turns out you were right all along once again yes. with uh, who they signed. And yes. who was that? It was Will Ospreay from New Japan. Uh, so he's still finishing out his contract with New Japan. But um, starting next year, he will be with AEW. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming sometime after Wrestle Kingdom, mm-hmm. he's going to be free to join up and everything. Um, usually with New Japan contracts, they're done at the end of January. Mm-hmm. So that'd be right in time for Revolution, which is either in early May or late February, depending on the calendar schedule. Yes. So, and it's also strange because he came out like with a baby face pop. Yeah. But last time we saw him, he was with the Don Callis family. Yeah. So. I think that's over. Yeah. <laughs> Unceremoniously, he left the Don Callis family and he's going to be a baby face. Don't think about it at all anymore. Never happened. Never happened. (laughs) Now, next up was actually my match of the night. Mine as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, It was Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana defeating uh, Hangman Adam Page for in a Texas death match. (laughs) And Josh is doing his Prince Nana dance right now, just flailing his arms about. For somebody who has as much uh, rhythm as as you do, with roaming and stuff like that when it comes to Prince Nana's dance no well no one can be as smooth as when he does it well that is true then again look at the audience 
when they try to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, be I'm better than that, aren't I? Of anyways. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Texas death match. Yes. One of the bloodiest matches I've seen in quite some time. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't... There's some CZW, XPW, and backyard wrestling matches that had less blood than this one did. Yes, yes. It, it was absolutely insane. They, yeah. So much broken glass and barbed wire, mm -hmm. and it was absolutely insane. It was. But the right person won. Yeah. E even though I thought it should have been Hangman, mm -hmm. especially with all the shenanigans that was going on. Yeah. Hangman didn't really need the win. Yes, Whereas, needs it more, because yes. Hangman's so loved anyways. Yes. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolute bloody battle and longest longest match of the night yeah yeah almost yep. a half hour mm -hmm. and yeah that was that was almost worth the fifth bucks alone i would agree with that it was an excellent match yeah. up next we had the golden jets which was chris jericho and kenny omega horrible name horrible horrible name. Name. <laughs> defeating the young bucks matt jackson nick jackson for uh well, well no, not, not for if, a title. if the bucks won yeah then the golden jets were to break up yes but mm -hmm. if the golden jets won they get the tag team shot that the young bucks one yes. a few weeks back yes so now we're going to be getting the golden jets versus ricky stocks and, and big, big bill. bill so two non-tag team tag teams yes <laughs> Which so I imagine stupid. is going to be happening at their next pay-per-view, World's End. Yeah. I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. um, this kind of solidified the Young Bucks uh, heel turn. Oh, absolutely. Because they tried cheating a lot, and then they threw major tantrums yes. after they lost, like beating chairs against the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Aggressively <laughs> doing so. <laughs> and again, I asked during all this, where's Brandon Cutler? Right. Yeah. Where is his Lisa Frank onesie that he always wears? <laughs> Oh, he's back in, at home and not working anymore. Oh. Um, just saying. And then finally. Finally, we had MJF. Well, Adam oh, we Cole. Forgot, we forgot to mention this. Yes, we forgot to mention one piece. Yes, uh, Tony Schiavone was uh, with Jay White, and he was going to say, because MJF could no longer defeat, or no longer compete, mm -hmm. that uh, Jay White would win the title by forfeit. Right, but then Adam Cole comes up from the back on his crutches still and says, no, no, I promised MJF I will fight the match for him which was a big swerve <laughs> ah, swerve but then we get to the main match and Jay White is out there. Adam Cole makes it down into the ring. And then all of a sudden, what do you hear? MJF's music. Well, no, you hear the sirens. Oh, yes. You hear the sirens from the ambulance from the local medical facility. That MJF is driving himself. Yes. He is now, a, he's going to be a convicted felon because he's on camera stealing <laughs> yes. his ambulance. Yes. And then he somehow makes it from the back of the arena all the way to the center of the arena. Yes. No issue whatsoever within like a minute <laughs> and then of course faking the knee injury i'm sorry with his real knee injury exactly exactly competing in the match and only 10 seconds shorter than the death match which yeah. is uh, quite a surprise yes but um yeah through thick and thin and cheating yes mjf bj white he did to retain the title he did <laughs> And it was a weird ending. Like, I could have sworn, like, Adam Cole was going to turn on yeah, MJF. It just or... felt like something else should have happened. Because they've been teasing this devil all along, and it wasn't revealed, so... Yeah, who is the devil? Who is the devil? Yeah. But, um, so... Yeah, we've spent worse times watching a pay-per-view. Yeah, there's been worse pay-per-views. It's still better than WWE pay-per-views, but yeah. still, like, we can't keep spending fifty bucks a month on no, pay-per-views like that. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I did go on to watch um, 
um, most of the post show, anyways. When did um, you fall asleep? During the well, I'll tell you when I get there. And then okay. I, but I did look up some stuff from after what I missed. So, okay, so first up, they had MJF out there. He was very, very emotional. Um, he was hurt first of all, like he had hurt himself pretty badly. Um, but also was going on about how he loved wrestling so much, and they really put on some great stuff tonight and stuff. But he also brought up how it was the anniversary of his grandfather passing away and how he dedicated this match tonight to his grandfather. So that was Ooh, very sweet. I didn't know that. Yup. Um, one kind of funny thing, they had a couple jars of pickles on the table with his uh, picture on it. And he started eating the pickles when he sat down. He made Tony eat a pickle too. <laughs> well, actually, let me rephrase that. A bite of pickle, then Tony awkwardly set it to the side. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, next up was Will Ospreay. Um, yeah, he just kind of talked a lot about how this was the best decision for him and his family. Um, he's definitely matured a lot. He understands the responsibility of being with AEW. Um, and he thinks it's going to be a test to him being on Weekly TV. Um, they had asked a little bit about like, you know, were there other offers he considered? And he just said that this one was the best for him and his girlfriend and his now step, uh, I can't remember if it's son or daughter, son. but son. Okay. Um, after that was Julia Hart. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I ooh, she is not good on the mic. She just sounds like a like a bratty teenager. Who no, doesn't was she care. doing the gimmick or was she being herself? I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. the thing. Like she, she's just a little awkward on the mic and just sounds like she doesn't care and uh, I'm too cool for school and blah blah. So that was her. But maybe it's just a Bloomington thing. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, there was a lot of questions about her quick rise and she didn't really have much to add on to that. And then she did disclose how much she hated the cheerleader gimmick that she was in initially. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought that was her idea. No, she hated that. Um, Then after that was Jericho. Uh, Omega was not there because he had to go home to take care of his sick cat, apparently. Um, Nothing really new with Jericho, just kind of the usual shenanigans of, you know, the, the company's great, blah, blah, blah. And then next was uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And this Ooh, is... what this, did they say? This is the one I fell asleep during. <laughs> that, that explains it. Uh, I, I did hear that Ricky Starks was going on really stressing that they aren't a team wrestlers they're singles wrestlers that are tag team champions like <laughs> there's so many good tag teams in AEW and they're doing yeah, this yeah and then uh Bill did go on to a bit of a, a discussion about his sobriety and how he went through some really rough times in the past and wrestling kind of saved him and stuff like that that was actually a really uh, endearing thing to hear and you can't teach that and you can't teach that um and then after that Tony chatted so I missed this part but I did look up some stuff um he did clarify the continental classic that is coming up is basically a triple crown. It's the Ring of Honor World Championship, the New Japan Strong Openweight, and the AEW Continental Championship. There's no new title, but it's consolidating three titles, he said. So they're going to be carrying three belts. I guess, yeah. Okay. Um, He said that Ronda has not signed um, based off another appearance she made recently. He thought it'd be a great idea to bring her in to uh, build interest for Ring of Honor, but I, I don't know that anything is going to come of that. I think that's going to go over like what part. Yes, and and then finally, uh, somebody asked about Mercedes Monet. Um, Tony said that he has had uh, multiple conversations with her and would love to have her. But basically, I think she's holding out for more money or something like that. That sounds that's, about right. That sounds about right for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I, I missed a couple things. But... Yeah, but nothing too crazy. No so CM Punk moments. All right. So I've made the right decision going to bed early. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's our talk for AEW. Um, 
Are we going to be covering World's End next month? Uh, maybe. We'll see what happens. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, up next is our movie segment. We really only have one to talk about this week, but it is in holiday spirit. We went and saw Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, so originally, this was a fake movie trailer in the uh, conglomeration of Quentin Tarantino and uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. in their uh, production of Grindhouse. Yes. That's originally where Machete came from with uh, Your Man. Yes. But... But uh, Thanksgiving was another one of the fake trailers, and they finally decided to make a full-blown movie out of it. Mm-hmm. And my problem with Eli Roth movies, I have talked about with you for so long. Yes. And I'm not sure if I've thought about it on the show here or not. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But Eli Roth makes every character so hateable. That is true. <laughs> like, you don't care what happens to any of them at the end no. because they're all detestable. <laughs> like, if if they all get unalived, fine. <laughs> Good for them. But I will say this time around, it was a very enjoyable movie. It was. It, it was uh, It was like horror slash black comedy at mm-hmm. the same time because they cover a lot of what's going on in the world of social media in some aspects. They cover Black Friday about 10 or 15 years too late. <laughs> yes. And they also make a very intriguing serial killer story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, Like you said, some of the content is like around Black Friday shopping in store, which just isn't as extreme as it once was but still though it made its point it made its point but it added a lot more of the social media side of it how you know, so much is just like about capturing it to post on on social media to get kind of your, your quick fame and stuff like that but it was hilarious at the same time. <laughs> oh it was hilarious such gory scenes like just crazy crazy things happening and it was just it was just a fun movie and like it's one of those kind of holiday horrors that you can totally see yourself coming back to on a yearly basis just for the holiday spirit and even if you don't like horror movies but you love Grey's Anatomy. McDreamy is in a starring role in the film. So if you like seeing what Patrick Dempsey's up to in 2023, you might want to give this one a shot. Yeah. (laughs) But of course, I mean, there's a lot of uh, people that uh, aren't as big of regard in the movie as well. Mm -hmm. And then I think that was actually a really smart thing to do. Yeah. Because you weren't just like, you know, it's like, oh, I remember them from so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. You were able to kind of look at it more as like real people. Yeah, really the only known people were the adults. Yeah. Like the kids were all unknowns as far as I know anyways. So Yeah, so it was able to be a little more enjoyable. And mm-hmm. it leaves things open for potential franchise, which I yeah. think there could be a lot done with it. Absolutely. Without trying to give anything away, there could be more to the story. Yes, absolutely. So if you were on the fence about it, I think you should give it a shot. Absolutely. Or wait till it's on Peacock. Yes. <laughs> Either, regardless, you might have a good time. So up next, we got some video game chatter. I don't have a whole lot from my end this week. I, I've continued playing Love Island, but nothing too crazy happened this week. Um, Yeah, but you did download a few new games on Xbox. Yes, and this actually goes back into wrestling as well. Mm -hmm. No, I did not download uh, Fight Forever or 2K23. No. Um, There was a gimmick match that happened back on Wednesday. That was the Like a Dragon Gaiden Street Fight. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of imagery that takes place from the Like a Dragon Yakuza series. Mm -hmm. And it was a horrible 
horrible match, first yes. of all. Yes, uh, Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show, should not have been involved in that whatsoever. No, no, no. But uh, I digress. <laughs> um, I really wanted to pick up the game for a while, but it's a very short game, and I didn't feel like spending 50 bucks on it. Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, I came across something saying that it was on Game Pass. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so then I looked it up, and it turns out it's for free on Game Pass. Yes. So I downloaded that immediately. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple other games I wanted to try out. Uh, Need for Speed Unbound, which is the latest Need for Speed game. I immediately lost interest in it. Oh. It, it feels like the same game that they put out before, but they added kind of like this uh, like street anime cartoonish look behind it. Ew. Yeah, it, not really my bag. Yeah. I just like a straight ahead one. I, I might go back to it when I need something brainless. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just not really my bag. And I can see why uh, they're doing a new game uh, next year. Um, and then I also downloaded the uh, remake of Dead Space. Mm-hmm. I have not played that yet, but I heard that is potentially the best horror game of the year. Mm. Uh, alongside Resident Evil 4 Remake, so I'm interested to try that out. Yeah. But uh, going back to Like a Dragon Gaiden, I haven't gotten too far into it. I played it for a little bit. And the thing about the Yakuza Like a Dragon series is that there is a lot of talking. Yes. <laughs> there is a lot of talking. Um, right up there with uh, other games of the style, like uh, there's so much story and dialogue that you got to get through to be able to play some of it. And it is rewarding, uh, especially when you know the story and I've kept up with it for so long and just being able to get more intrigued and get excited for uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is coming out at the end of January, which makes me wonder if that's going to be on Game Pass, which I'd be very, very happy if that's going to be on Game (laughs) Pass. Uh, But uh, just being able to get a little side story from it and uh, experience some of the mini games that they've taken away, like uh, golf and pool and uh, playing the Sega arcade games, it's fun. And I'm excited to see where the rest of it goes. Um, You've seen a little bit of Need for Speed and Like a Dragon. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, nothing too much. I mean, it, it looks fairly similar to the previous games, but, you know, it's a fun style and I always love the, the little games you can play in at the Sega games and stuff like that, so it's fun. Alrighty, and finally we got some music chat. So there's a couple new singles we heard and then we're going to be jumping into a discussion on Decibel's Top 40 of the Year. <laughs> yes. Because they had to beat me. Exactly, exactly. So we checked out the new single from Amaranth. What were your thoughts? It sounded like it was all chorus and nothing else. It was just <laughs> the chorus repeated like seven, eight times. Yeah. They might have had a verse or two. There was a solo from Olaf, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Because uh, Amaranth doesn't really do solos anymore. Yes. Uh, their screamer growler was nowhere to be found. So <laughs> yes. that was very strange. That was very strange. Um, It just feels like a song that's meant to be on Top 40 Rock Radio. And it probably is over in Europe right now. Maybe. maybe. I don't know if they really have a feel over here when it comes to Top 40 Rock Radio, but this feels like a song that would be on it. Yeah. You? Yeah. I mean, like, when I, once I heard it, I'm like, didn't they used to have a harsh vocalist? (laughs) Not anymore. Um, All right, let's go. You've been warned. Exactly. (laughs) There's part of the song that sounds like a total rip from ABBA, I feel like. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it just, I mean, musically, I would say it's better than, like, Drop Dead Cynical and some of those songs that were a little for me but um i love nils i love nils i will always love nils he has an amazing voice but other than that i and easy on the eyes oh girl right but other than that i will pass fair enough and then uh next we 
listen to the new Eson single. Yes, and uh, it'll be coming off of his uh, self-titled double album that'll mm. be coming out. Oh. And I say double album because one disc is all metal. Okay. And that's the single that we heard. Mm-hmm. But there's also an alternate version of the single that we heard, yeah. which is all symphonic. Oh, okay. So that might be more up your alley. That, yeah, definitely. Like, it's just all the orchestra symphonic elements. Yeah. And then the other one is the symphonic black metal elements that Isan is so well known for. Yeah. I am so excited to check that out. I mean, that's it's going to be an early contender for top album of 2024 based off of what I heard so far. Yeah. And maybe I can cross them off the bucket list finally and maybe. get an interview. Maybe. I really hope so. But yeah. uh, what did you think? Yeah, it was it was a pretty good song. Yeah. But I'm definitely curious to hear the, the uh, more orchestrated, uh, orchestrated versions. versions of everything. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Now, hold on to your hats, Lynn, as we talk about 40 <laughs> albums you probably don't know. That is true. That is true. Let's see if I know any as of them. As we talk about the top 40 albums of 2023, as presented by The Bull. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, have you looked at this list? No, I have not. Okay. Are you familiar with Dustable Magazine? Yes. All right. So, anyone that's not familiar, they cover the more extreme side of things. Yes. Not that I don't cover my fair share of extreme metal. Right. But that's pretty much all they really focus on is Mm -hmm. the extreme stuff yeah so a lot of albums that i think should be in the list might not be on here yeah or maybe it will i actually haven't looked at this list (laughs) i haven't looked at this list either yeah so there's going to be a lot of probably my thoughts on the album and a lot of i haven't heard it from the mall fairy that is true (laughs) or not my cup of tea which uh is is your new slogan when we make merch Mm -hmm. it's going to be your uh uh, cartoon logo of the metal fairy and it's going to say not my cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into it. Uh, number 40 is the brand new album from Doheimsgard with Black Medium Current off of Peaceville Records. Never heard of them. Uh, they are a very avant-garde extreme metal band. I can't imagine they would be up your alley. No, no, that would not be up my alley. Uh, 39 is Komondas with Wreath of Bleeding Snowfall out of Godorex. Never heard of them. Never heard of them <laughs> either, to be honest. I know there's a lot of underground stuff that Decibel covers. A lot of underground extreme yes, stuff. So yes. some of these I'll be hearing for the first time. Okay. 38. Street Dooms with Reclusive Decay off of Carbonized. Never heard of them. (laughs) Never heard of them either. 37 is Obituary with Dying of Everything off of Relapse. I am aware of them. I don't know if I've listened to that at all. Maybe if you've played it for me, I've heard I have. It. Okay, then. It's very old school death metal. Yeah, yeah. But um, they don't have like the, the pig squeals or anything like that. That's uh, good. Like uh, they're like that straight ahead classic death metal. Like they don't do blast beats. They don't. Mm. I mean, they're just like very straightforward. Yeah. Um, I do like their previous self-titled album more, but I do enjoy the album. Okay. Uh, 36 is Fires in the Distance with Air Not Meant for Us off of Prosthetic. Not familiar. Um, I have played them for you before. Okay. Um, they are a more gothic doom metal band. Okay. A lot of piano in their stuff. A lot of orchestrated moments. I think you would enjoy them. Maybe. Uh, 35 is Witching with Incendium Translation. Or off of yeah, Incendium off of Translation Lost. I feel like I've heard the name before but I don't know. I don't think I've heard this one. Okay. Wow, we're going to be cutting through this fast. We are. Stuff we don't know. <laughs> uh, 34 is Circle of Ouroboros with Lumi Vanata Cosmic Hit off of his wounds. Never heard of them. <laughs> 
I haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, 33. I'm surprised it's actually not uh, higher or lower on the list, depending on how you look at it. So, you know, like a closer to number one. Cattle Decapitation with Terror Scythe off, of, off from Metal Blade. Yes, I am familiar with them. Uh, not a huge fan, but you've shown me some stuff I like. So. Yeah, you've actually come around on Cattle Decapitation yeah. after not enjoying them at all. Yes. <laughs> so I'll take that as a win. Yes. <laughs> Even if it falls into the not cup of tea, it's still higher up from where it used to be. <laughs> Uh, 32 is Final Gasp with Morning Moon after relapse. Nope, not familiar. Not heard it. Uh, 31, Spirit Adrift, Ghost at the Gallows from Century Media. I've heard the name, I know. Um, it's a little more stonery kind of hard rock oh, and metal. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, it's kind of got like that classic metal kind of feel behind it. It's a little yeah. more stonery as well. So yeah. I don't know if they'd be your uh, your bag. Uh, 30, an album that is uh, beloved by Carrie from uh, MSR Cast and Metal Geeks. Uh, Kriegsgrave with Fires in the Fall off of Wise Blood. I know I've heard the name. You've probably played them for me, but um, like a melodic black metal. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard it enough, but uh, I did hear what I I did enjoy what I heard when we listened to that particular episode where Gary did an interview for Kriegsgrave. Yeah. Uh, twenty nine Willhaven with Seven off of Minus Head. Uh, not familiar. I am not familiar either. <laughs> uh, twenty eight Uh, Smolder with Violent Creed of Vengeance from Cruz del Sur. Not familiar um i think they're on the brutal side of death metal if i remember that correctly but okay. i have not heard it though i feel like i'm missing out on so much i've heard over 200 <laughs> albums this year that i really gave my time and i had yeah. to narrow it down to 100 yeah and i still feel like i'm missing everything i know right <laughs> it's never enough no uh 27 is cruelty with ontopia from profound lore no not familiar not familiar it sounds like black metal but i could be wrong on that oh uh, oh i know um, one uh, 26, Night Demon with Outsider yes. on Century Media. Yes, 100%. It should be much higher. It should be much higher, but on a list like this, I'm amazed they're even on here. I am too. <laughs> so, you know, whether they're at 140 or somewhere in between, I'm just happy to see them represented. Yes, yes. Uh, I will not give further thoughts because you will hear them later this month. Yes. Or next month. Who yes. knows? Uh, 25, Incantation with Unholy Defecation from Relapse. I know of the band, but never really listen much. Um, more on like uh, the brutal side of death metal mm-hmm. uh, very raw sounding yeah um, unholy poop I mean that's a great name for an album <laughs> uh, 24 filth is eternal with find out from MNRA not familiar I am not either uh, 23 cannibal corp with chaos horrific on metal blade I am familiar and I'm not a fan oh that's gonna be a problem at some point <laughs> um, I have heard the album and it is one of their better albums but I haven't listened to it that much okay because there's two Cannibal Corpse albums. Yeah. The ones with Corpse Grinder on vocals and the ones with Chris Barnes on vocals. Yes. Everything else is just kind of a variation on the same sound. Mm-hmm. That could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on who you are, but I, I just need something a little different. Yeah. Uh, 22, Great Falls with Objects Without Pain on Nero. Not familiar. I am not either. Uh, 21 is Krieg with Ruiner off of Profound Lore. I think I've heard of them. They are black metal. Okay. Um, U.S. black metal. Okay. Uh, I have not heard the album. I didn't even know that they had a new album. Yeah. Uh, 20 is Rid of Me with Access to the Lonely from Knife Hits. Not familiar. <laughs> I am not familiar either. 
<laughs> it sounds like it could be like grindcore to me, but I am going completely just off the name. Yeah. I have no idea. Who knows? Uh, 19 is Mizmore with Prosaic off of Profound Lore. They mm. really seem to love their Profound Lore. Yeah. Decibel. Uh, I am not familiar. I am not familiar either. Uh, 18 is Autopsy with Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crypts off of Peaceville. I know of them, but I've never really... We had them during uh, a few episodes back. We had them on uh, three random songs. Oh, okay. You did not like it. Yeah, well then that's why I, I did not save the room in my mind for them. Yeah, classic horror-themed death metal. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Did it make the list? Uh, well, we'll find out if it does. Yeah. Uh, 17, Crucimentum with Obsidian Refractions, also off of Profound Lore. No idea. Never heard of them. <laughs> I can't say anything good or bad because I, I just discovered them now. Yeah. Uh, 16, Tribunal with the Weight of Remembrance off of 20 Bucks Spin. I think I've heard of them, but I don't remember. Uh, Funeral Doom Metal. Mm. Uh, a little bit of a cult rock feeling going on there too. It's a duo. I can't remember if they're in a relationship together or not, but uh, it's a duo doing Funeral Doom. Okay. Uh, number 15, The Night Eternal with Fatal off of Vaughn. Maybe I've heard the name before, but maybe I'm just thinking of something else that sounds I, like that. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of something else too. I am not familiar. Yeah. And I feel, again, I feel like I don't know anything despite my knowledge. Yes. You know, you know I'm a trusted source in metal having listening to it a lot, but I, <laughs> I keep discovering bands I've never <laughs> Anyways, uh, number 14, Enslaved with Heimdall from Nuclear Blast. Yeah, I don't know that I've really spent any time with this album, but I, I, yeah, I know Enslaved. Uh. I've never really gotten your opinion on Enslaved over the years. They're fine. They're fine. There's some stuff I like. Um, that's fine, you know. Are they fine or not your cup of tea? <laughs> I wouldn't say they're not my cup of tea. I wouldn't say they're not my cup of tea because, I mean, there's some stuff I've, I've liked, but I've never gotten, like, huge into them. You're missing out. Well, I've never taken it in the time with them, so. I yeah. know. I, I have the whole list of bands that you're supposed to check out and then you always forget to. Well, you need to give me this list because... I, I know. I know. That's, yeah, yeah. Look, we're both going through a lot of crap right now. you got to cut me some slack, too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my opinion on the Enslaved album, um, their previous album, Utgard, caught a lot of crap for being a lot more commercial, mm. and I actually thought that was the right choice for the band. This one's a lot more straight ahead with the black metal, more atmospheric sounding, a little bit of the progressive sound, but it's uh, a lot more of the early day Enslaved, which is not a bad thing, but I did like their previous album more. Okay. But that's just me. Uh, 13, uh, local Minnesota cover band Gel, or maybe this is a different Gel, uh, <laughs> with uh, only constant from convulse i am not familiar i remember our local rock station always talking about how gel was playing at bogarts or the rock and (laughs) just to tell you how old i am nice nice. yeah they were a 90s cover band but uh, i'm i can only assume that this is a different band yes uh 12 enforced with war remains from century media i prefer enforcer (laughs) and they could still be on here they could they could but yeah i'm familiar enforced there's some good stuff i thoroughly enjoy them i think they put out the thrash metal album of the year uh number 11 black braid with black braid 2 a self-titled release or self-released yes i i thoroughly enjoyed this and he is quite and i wish we could have saw them but we had some wrestling to watch yes <laughs> priorities, priorities. <laughs> uh number 10 is the keening 
with Little Bird from Relapse Records. I am not familiar. I am not familiar at all. Uh, I remember back in the VH1 days, there was a band called Keen. Oh. But uh, I can't imagine there's any relation between the two. No. All right. Uh, number nine, Fantifaxif with Hive Mind Narcosis off of Dark Scent. <laughs> not a clue. <laughs> um, they are Canadian folk metal, black metal. Okay. okay. Um, there's some connections to Woods of Ypres. Okay. Um, I think at least one of the members was in Woods of Ypres at one point. Mm-hmm. Completely missed this album. Okay. So <laughs> I completely missed it. Yeah. Number eight, Frozen Soul with Glacial Domination from Century Media. I've heard the name, but I, I don't know. A very brutal death metal. Okay. Uh, they're from Texas, which you wouldn't imagine a name like Frozen Soul coming from Texas. No. Um, when we had Sirius for three months when you got your new car. Yeah. That was the only time I heard them. Okay. So I have no other basis to go off. Okay. Uh, number seven, Lamp of Murmur with Saturian Bloodstorm from Argento. Dario? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm not familiar with them. I am not familiar either. It sounds like it's black metal or doom metal, but I don't know. Yes. Number six, an album I wish I could have heard before I made my top 100. Yes. Uh, it is Panopticon with the Rhyme of Memory from Bindrune. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Um, I mean, it, it, to me, that's more mood music. Like, I have to be in the right state of mind to listen to them or anything like them. <laughs> so. Their acoustic stuff makes you cry. I remember yes. that. Yes. <laughs> um, fair warning, if I would have gotten this album, mm-hmm. it probably would be number one. Yeah. Like uh, most Panopticon albums are. Yeah. But considering this is coming out the first week of December and I don't have any press contact for Panopticon, mm-hmm. I just don't get to hear it. So. Yeah. And that's also what happened with uh, Polkadot Cadaver. So if you're looking forward to those two albums, I just didn't get to hear them. Yes. So unfortunately, in the words of Bruce Hornsby, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Number five, Godthrim with Distortions off of Profound Lore. Not familiar. Uh, they are a very gothic, melodic doom band, kind of in the vein of like Typo and Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has former members of My Dying Bride and Anathema okay. from their Death Doom era. Yeah. So... Yeah, I completely forgot about this album. Okay. But um, it might be something you enjoy. Uh, number four, Jesus Piece was so unknown from Century Media. Never heard of them. I made a meme a few week, uh, a few months back yeah. uh, from uh, King of the Hill in just a, a great Christmas episode when uh, he's building uh, 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 the Jimmy Co- Jimmy Carter uh, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. And uh, he's with Cotton, like uh, picking up Christmas decorations. And there's a line that he says, it's Jesus Piece, not hippie piece. <laughs> So I took the Jesus Peace logo. And yes. Put it on the yes. <laughs> um, very violent, brutal hardcore. Uh, okay. Okay. So a lot of breakdowns and a lot of stuff that would not be your bag. No. Uh, number three, Wayfarer with American Gothic off of Bound Lore. I know of them. I don't really remember. I talked about them in three random songs and you actually enjoyed them. Okay. Yeah. Um, very North American folk metal. A lot of uh, Western feels behind it with some mm-hmm. black metal and death metal thrown in there. Yeah. Fantastic album. Uh, number two, Tomb Mold with the Enduring Spirit off of 20 Bucks Spin. I've heard of them. I don't remember if I've heard of them. Uh, they are a band based off of the Bloodborne uh, video game, which is a part of like oh, all the okay. Dark Souls and yeah. all those kinds of games. Uh, they have a song on Cyberpunk 2077 as well. Oh, okay. Uh, very technical de- progressive death metal. Yeah. Um, might be your thing, might not. I'm, I'm guessing not. <laughs> and uh, number one, the only one from Season of Mist that I've come across, uh, Horrendous with Ontological Mysterious 
Ethereum. I think I've heard the name, but that's about as far as that goes. <laughs> um, they well, they started off as a very late '80s, early '90s sounding death metal band, that old school death metal sound. Yeah. On this album, they've gotten more into the progressive death metal sound of like Cynic and Atheist and Edge of Sanity. Okay. Kind of sound. Uh, the only album I enjoy on a production level because they actually raise the production <laughs> value on this one, so yeah. it doesn't just sound like it's a raw demo tape. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can see why it's number one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what do you think of uh, Decibel's Top 40? Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. <laughs> with a couple, with a couple exceptions. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of albums I just haven't heard, so I can't really give much of a basis on. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything that's not worthy of being on a Top 40 list for something on the grandeur of Decibel. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of albums I think should be higher, maybe some lower, but overall I think it's a good underground experience metal list yeah so you know i can't really knock it but if you're looking for something much more Mm in-depth make sure starting next monday to check out heavy debriefing's top 100 albums of 2023 yes it'll be in written form and on youtube and we'll be talking about it on the show as well yes well with that we'll be talking about our collective top 30 albums yes yes Mm -hmm. so i'll have 70 albums that you have to look elsewhere for yes but you will get collectively up to 60 albums mm-hmm. from the both of us yes uh, i imagine there will be some that match up maybe. maybe in different spots maybe i i am so so curious what is in your list yeah but i think it's gonna be a good time mm-hmm. um it was fun going over this list but i think it's time for us to hit the old dust trail yes uh thank you so very much for tuning in episode 19 of the heavy debriefings podcast uh make sure to keep up us keep up with us on social media not on x but you can check <laughs> us out on facebook instagram threads youtube blue sky and of course heavy debriefings.weebly.com for mm-hmm. all of your heavy debriefing needs yes and if you're checking this out on sunday tune in tomorrow on youtube for my interview with zorn from zornheim mm-hmm. uh who uh, made me feel better than i feel like i deserve to be with mm. all of his uh, very nice encouraging words that he's yes. given me yes. uh, i started tearing up towards the end i didn't want yeah. him to see that but uh i started yeah. tearing up or all the great things that he said about me and mm-hmm. their brand new EP like we talked about in three random songs uh, The Forgotten Inmates available now through Noble Demon go check, check it that out. out it is fantastic and for The Metal Fairy this is Josh Ronquist for the Heavy Debriefings Podcast saying see ya